0: This is the AB Testing 343 Podcast, a podcast where we ask one of the three listeners of the AB Testing Podcast three questions about almost anything. ABT 343 is a fun slice of what's going on in the world of modern testing. Let's get started. Welcome to episode one of the AB Testing 343 Podcast, a new podcast from AB Testing where we take one of our three listeners and we ask them three questions. And today I'm joined by the testing chef, Andrew Morton. Andrew, say hello to everybody.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Thanks for being the guinea pig on this inaugural episode. Uh, Glad to have you here and um, give our listeners and myself a chance to get to know you and your work a little bit better.
1: Yep, I'm very much looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. So... Before we start, maybe there's a pre-question. I know we're going to dive a lot into what you do, but tell us a little bit about the work you're doing.
1: Um, So for anyone who doesn't know, I work at the Ministry of Testing. I am their dev boss. uh, So I essentially do their development for them on the website. That's at www.ministryoftesting.com. Please feel free to go and check it out. Um, obviously, there's a few good things on there. Alan's made a couple of appearances and will be having his own course on there soon about modern testing. So, uh, one of the advantages of being uh, staff at Ministry of Testing is I'm going to get to see that before it goes live. So, <laughs> looking forward to checking that one out as well. Um, yeah, we we run Ruby on Rails. I'm I've always been a bit of a Rubyist at heart since I started you know, really picking up coding doing. Uh, Web UI automation uh, a few years ago. So, but yeah, now I'm a, now I'm a tester turned developer, which will also come up later as to why. That's
0: super neat. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just going to pause and say I'm really excited about that modern testing course coming out, and I hope everyone gets a Dojo membership and checks it out. All right, let's get into a question, a, a real question. You were someone, so when I first spoke about modern testing principles at Test Bash Brighton, you may have been in the audience. In fact, uh, because I had a few people, and you may have actually said, Thanks for putting a name to something I've kind of already been doing. And I've heard that many, many times throughout the years. And like I said, you could have been one of the people that told me that because I know now that you were living at least some of the principles before they were codified. Uh, so I'm curious, um, as someone who has been moving towards those principles before they were, before Brent and I stated them and made a proclamation, uh, which ones were you living already, and which, if any, came as a revelation?
1: okay um so probably worth just going back a little bit in my history before i started with the ministry of testing um i was working a company there beforehand and was one of the testing team there and what i was finding was um we obviously were moving to try and get developers uh, testing better getting more robust unit tests you know testing in the correct places rather than just passing it all over to the test team to run UI automation. So that kind of part of the idea, the, the shifting left type thinking, uh, we were doing at the job there. And then it occurred to me at one point that, and I don't know how much of this was in my own head, but I always had the thought that it's all fine me being a tester, trying to teach developers how to test. But it kind of occurred to me that they probably will listen to me more if I was a developer showing them how to test instead. So, if I was actually practicing what I preached and living it. So, I made the move there to move from testing role specifically to a development role. And that was A, to basically build how I felt software should be built, which is. Your developer there will test stuff. Um, we'll talk through requirements. We'll make sure that our code is tested as much as we possibly can ourselves. Um, I always try to uh, not fall into the trap that annoyed me when I used to be a tester of uh, how could you even give this to over to testing when it clearly has never been run. So I was always not only testing through code, but I was still using my... Testing and exploratory testing skills to try and do stuff before, you know, before it got passed to otherwise. And obviously, the main reason for doing that is that we believe that, uh, or the company there believed, and I certainly agreed with them, that uh, the faster feedback would be what would improve the business. So, that that prior, principle number one, our priority is improving the business. We believe the business would be improved by developers testing better and by testing better, we get faster feedback, we'd be able to react react to changes quicker and uh, be able to put good quality software that our customers value in front of them as quickly as possible.
0: What about a revelation? Did you have any revelations when you saw the principles?
1: The main one that came as a bit of a revelation to me, and it it, it will sound odd because it, it it makes perfect sense, is the um, uh, and it's obviously uh, Brent's favourite phrase of data science. It's the idea of yes, we should use you know we need to capture stuff for our customers to uh, get the feedback to know what they're going to value, um, but it was never kind of. S- I never kind of realized that that could be scientific. It's always kind of expected to go through a product donor to do stuff. It never kind of occurred to me that, well, if you've got questions, you know, you're, as a developer, you kind of got control of the system so you can put things in there to get those answers. So it was, that was one of the things that just never occurred to me. It makes perfect sense as soon as you say it.
0: I wish we could say that about all of the principles. As uh, listeners know, some are a little bit more uh, controversial, uh, but uh, I like I like to hear they make sense.
1: Well, as I, uh, it's one of the interesting things because my my view of principle seven and the reason why I'm obviously no longer a tester as a role, although I still identify as a tester rather more than a developer, is because. Uh, I'm not sure that the testing role as it was being performed was needed and that I was giving better value by being able to develop. So, so
0: and, and that is the the right revelation with that one. Uh, I You can let me know later, but I'm pretty happy with the way I explain that in the upcoming modern testing course. And I did not make this podcast as a way to plug that course. I'm just excited about it. When you get to a point where you may not need dedicated testers on the team, it won't be anything less than completely obvious. like in your case i'll I'll be more effective if I'm a developer. We don't it's inefficient to have me focus just on testing. That's what happens in if you're if you're executing on the principles and that's what principle seven means it's it means, if you get to a point where you realize you don't need to have dedicated testers on the team uh, it's not a bad thing it's just just an evolution that may or may not happen
1: well a funny story that I like to tell people is that obviously at Ministry of Testing we have probably the highest ratio of testers to developers or anyone because if you think about it a lot of our staff came from testing backgrounds on the flip side we also have no testers uh, at least certainly not anyone whose job it is to come in day to day and test s- software in the sense you think about of a testing role. Whereas obviously I'm testing as part of development. Um, our CEO Richard does a lot of uh, user testing for you know confirmation of what I've built is actually what he asked for, so he does that. So yeah, it's just, it's just mildly ironic <laughs> in some ways. But on the other hand, that's not unfair because you know we're living that principle of testing needs to be done as soon as possible by the person best placed to do it, not by farming out to a role just because.
0: Yes, a million percent agree. Uh, my role is uh, currently a, a director of program management, and I still do a lot of testing. I do a lot of test coaching. There was your story reminded me. Vaguely, is in a a standup for a feature being ready to be released, and uh, I asked one of took one of the my many questions out of my quiver, and I asked uh, their team, "What's the worst?" This is the way I was doing testing. I said, "So let's say we release tomorrow. What's the worst? What are the worst things that could happen?" And they did a nice job brainstorming, and too nice of a job because 15 minutes later. They had brainstormed a bullet list of things on the board and had assigned them to people to go investigate, which I think is a good thing. I was a little disappointed they hadn't thought of those things earlier, but often uh, it's the way we can scale testing across our team and, and teach the team to test is just ask questions about testing. And it's not like yep. they're unable to do it. You just need to plant some seeds and get people thinking a little broader about how they're making their software yeah so you're at the ministry of tests which is fascinating and very very cool how do you apply modern testing principles in your current role
1: so see, as i say one of the way basically how i like to work is uh, test driven development start with so i very much building in testing from the start uh, by having a hypothesis of or Trying to codify in a test how I want something to work, and then running the test, having it fail, filling in the production side code, and then refactoring as necessary. Uh, so TDD does seem to me to fall quite nicely into the modern testing principles from that uh, perspective. Coming back to that data thing, uh, we have that uh, you know, we have a lot of things in there that we try to capture from you know the pages being visited, what lessons. Uh, people are viewing uh, and the interesting, uh, the interesting problem with data is how do we get data that is useful without getting data that is not, not private but not stuff that people want to share so we have to think very carefully about what data we capture and when uh, you know, so that we're not trying to just pull in everything that's either A, not useful, and B, that people don't want to tell us about, Um, but also having stuff that we can then act upon to improve the site so that the testers who use Ministry of Testing get more out of it. Any others? Uh, I think it's fair to say that because – as. As I mentioned earlier a lot of us come from testing backgrounds so we quite often have conversations around um, things of how we can improve we've all been in jobs where you'd have retrospectives and then nothing would happen as an example so we make sure that we action stuff that we say we're going to action uh, so that's all kind of around principle four yes. so yeah you know, we do care about the quality culture we want to make it better uh, we listen to feedback from users testers and ourselves and try and implement it and not only when we try to implement it um, make sure that we fed back on whether it's worked or not. So constantly experimenting, uh, constantly trying to improve.
0: can't see me, but I'm smiling. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> I've probably already asked three questions but two official questions. Let me ask one more. How did you discover the AB Testing Podcast?
1: Okay. Um, I came into it I think it must've been about the early twenties. I know that uh, I'd discovered it after it had been going for a bit and I went back to episode one and listened all the way through. Uh, but then it was still early enough where that was actually you know, <laughs> a not completely, not insane thing to do, but not a difficult thing to do. Yeah.
0: Those, those early that's, that's a, that's a brave endeavor. We tell most people yeah, that's now, now. That's the the famous traditional versus modern testing manager conversation. Yeah,
1: which was good fun. <laughs> uh,
0: someone brought that up on the pod on the uh, Slack group this week, and I thought you know Brent was so convincing because he had did that job for a long time. I I thought I totally lost and had the wrong points, but uh, he 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 played me right where we want. We played each other right where we wanted each other. So it was a lot of fun. Maybe we'll do it yeah, again. It all very the good.
1: Uh, there was one of those early episodes that I did particularly like, because when I first joined the Slack group, they asked, what was your favorite episode and why? And I definitely had an answer. Unfortunately, that answer was about four years ago, so <laughs> I can't, can't remember what I gave. But certainly if I was going to um, answer it now, um, one of my favorite episodes is the one that you did with, uh, well, it's actually a pair of episodes. So it was the one around Selenium WebDriver and then the follow up with, uh, Hugs. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. He reached so out on fair. Twitter and asked if he could be on the podcast, said, heck yeah, let's do this. And the, it was, it was fun. A lot of good fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's one of those classic conversations where you end up going, yeah, we agree on that. We agree on that. We agree on that. And it turns out the, the slight disagreement was not really that massive in the end, right?
0: And so. the main point there, and people should really go back and listen to that. But he tried to, and it was a good. He tried to draw us in by asking, "So should Selenium stop using selectors? Because that's my gripe. Because people use some really convoluted yeah. code to try and manipulate a web page by doing these wild selectors." And. Of course we said no, because we have millions of selenium tests that need selectors. You can't go break them all. And he kind of agreed that things that I didn't like were ugly. So, he built built something that grew into a bit of a monster, and uh, I think in in his soul he realizes that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I can slightly laugh at it, because being in the position that I'm in, I pretty much get to create the selectors. I am am in the thing so i was doing automation and testing course earlier this week uh, again with richard and mark who are also mot people i'm not entirely certain why they sent me on that course but my boss wants me to do it so i did anyway but in there one of the things they say is like you know if you're having troubles talk to developers get stuff changed or even better learn to do it yes
0: <laughs> that's great advice
1: and and i'm lucky enough in that not only can i do it, I literally have control over it being the developer. So so uh, I hopefully fairly certain thinking back to my code base, I don't have any horrible selectors in there at the moment. But I have known some stuff in the past where only thing I could do was something either rather horribly X pathy or but that tends to be that is the exception and not the rule.
0: Yes. You know, yes, so. I understand. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, um, that's kind of all there is to it. Uh, be about a 20 minute podcast. I am so happy to have you as the, the first one. Uh, I will do an episode zero. Uh, by the time you hear this as a listener, there'll be an episode one. So maybe I shouldn't have said that, but there'll be episodes coming out of this where we talk to a lot of different listeners and practitioners of modern testing and kind of get an idea of how they operate in their worlds. Uh, Chance to plug anything? Um, anything else you want to plug? Uh, anything other than the cool stuff you're doing, with Ministry of Testing?
1: Uh, unfortunately, outside of the cool stuff I do at Ministry of Testing, I'm rather boring. But uh, I am at Testing Chef on Twitter. I'm also there on the Ministry of Testing Slack channel and the testers.chat Slack. So if anyone wants, oh, and of course, I am on the uh, one of the three Slack channel as well for the other three listeners but most of those three know where to get hold of me i was with two of them the other day <laughs>
0: i a, saw the picture that's fantastic
1: so i might have tested so cool well and um, but yeah that's pretty much it talk to me i'm perfectly happy to talk testing whenever so
0: yeah thanks for doing what you do um i'm brent and i are both huge fans of ministry of test it's awesome to have you there and awesome to have you on this uh, podcast so yes thank you thank very you much Thank you very much we'll cross paths we again soon i'm sure
1: Yeah, I hope so. Thank you very much.